What up, Bucks fans? We are back. It is a live stream Monday. It's Real Bucks Talk. I'm Michael Plus. Joined, as always, my co-host, Mark Ramirez. And we got a special guest for you today, Max Brown. He is back again to talk about this rookie quarterback class. And, man, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to dive into Kyle Trask, uh, obviously, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But first things first, Max, let's let's dive into this uh, rookie QB class and what you think of it, uh, you know, as far as the fits and the teams. Fits in the teams. I think there's a lot to be excited about. Uh, I guess first off, good to be back, guys. I know uh, for for the low low uh, loyal viewers, I'm more formal today, but uh, still talking <laughs> ball and uh, and pumped to be here. But uh, in terms of the rookie QB class, I think we knew walking into the draft that it was going to be exciting, no matter how it kind of shaked out. Whether it was going to be four quarterbacks in a row, whether it was going to be, hey, is someone going to slide and we're going to have an Aaron Rodgers type day, which you could kind of feel like, hey, maybe there's a world where that happens. And maybe Mac Jones had a, a sense of that, but I, I don't think that's necessarily the the, uh, the consensus. But in terms of fit, I think the fit for a lot of these guys is fantastic. I mean, Trevor Lawrence at one, we all kind of knew that. Zach Wilson, I don't like the pick only because if I was a GM, I would have kept Darnold, but that's a conversation for a different time. If you knew you were going on from Darnold, then that was kind of a no-brainer for me. And then three, Trey Lance, I think it's kind of Shanahan betting on himself a little bit and saying, hey, I can I can build this guy. I can grow this guy. And so once again, I don't know. I, I think we talked about this in the last show. I have my hesitancies with Trey Lance, but if everyone speaks – uh, 10 out of 10 in terms of who he is as a human being. And if you're Shanahan and you're uh, that front office, you're saying, hey, we can grow those guys, grow a Trey Lance. I'm cool with that. And then if you're Mac Jones, you got to love where you landed. Um, and especially to land there in 2021 and not 2020, to not go right after Tom, I think that's a big deal in terms of his mentality. But in terms of fit, in terms of going to a coach where I don't think he's going to be forced to play right away, that's a great sign. And then Bears with Fields, a lot of Bears fans fired up, rightfully so. And then Bucks Nation right here with Kyle Trask. You guys know uh, we were tweeting when uh, when Trask got drafted. He's my sleeper. I thought there was a world where he snuck into the first round. You guys got him in the second round. I think there's a lot to be excited about for uh, for all these quarterbacks with all these teams. Absolutely. So I guess yeah, Kyle Trask. I mean, if anyone's ever or hasn't seen it yet, go check out Max Brown's. I guess. Film study of him to see breaks down positive negatives. It's we all kind of agree a, a lot on the same positives and, and negatives that Caltrask has. But I guess those who haven't seen it, give a quick rundown of what you see him and does he fit well into the scheme? I know you kind of mentioned on the, on the film study like he doesn't, he's not going to fit in a in a scheme where you're doing like some deep posts or deep overs. But what, do you think this is the type of scheme that will fit him? Yeah, and the why behind why I said that was the arm strength. That's kind of the big concern. That's out there um, when people bring it up is can he drive the ball down the field? And when you watch the film, he can do it to a point. But I think when you talk about if you were a team that was heavy outside zone play action and you're going to consistently count on like deep posts, then I have a little bit of concerns. But most offenses aren't necessarily like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm good to go in that regard. Um, there was a, a footwork cork that I had uh, concerns about. He like aggressively hitches up, which is uh, uh, I could do a whole video on, on kind of why that's concerning. It's just kind of a more of a, I think it's been ingrained in him from quarterback training, having been in those shoes a little bit before in terms of, hey, step up, step up. So little stuff like that. People are going to say mobility, but I actually viewed that as a positive. I think for his size, 
his mobility was better than I thought when I turned on the film. And so sure, you're not going to say he's a dual threat guy, but in terms of, okay, mobility, it wasn't a glaring concern for me. I thought he was efficient in the pocket. And that might sound um, contradictory what I said two seconds ago, but I do think he has good feet. It's just that one little cork. And my favorite part about Kyle Trask and the reason that I liked him so much is relative to the other quarterbacks in the draft, I felt like he had to wear a high level of responsibility for his offense's success relative to some of these other guys. I think when you turn on the film for a Mac Jones, everyone knows it. He's got a lot of great receivers, a lot of great running backs, great offensive coordinator. He didn't, if Mac Jones doesn't show up to the field, Alabama can still win that ball game. That was not the case for Kyle Trask. I thought Zach Wilson favored very well in that, in that category, even like a Trey Lance. Um, I, I, when I look at his uh, level of responsibility, a big talking point was with him was, Oh, he's the most NFL ready. He's the, he had the most on his shoulders in terms of pointing out the mic. But when I watch the film, he has a lot of help from, friendly formations, friendly concepts, like playing within the scheme that when you turn on the, the film for Kyle Trask, that dude's getting hit in the chin. He's standing back up. He's standing in the pocket third down. He's delivering strikes. Those are the things that the the quarterback in me is like, all right, that's not easy to do and don't sleep on uh, on Kyle Trask. Yeah. I mean, Max, I mean, you were talking about like his mobility inside the pocket. I mean, just explain a little bit more on that as far as like, you know, really it's his footwork where he's able to evade these defenders that are coming after him or, you know, move around left or right or up or down. I mean, so just explain a little bit more on, on that and how like Florida really didn't help him as far as protection wise goes, as far as scheme. I mean, he was in a lot of empty sets when you look at the offense, uh, a lot of, you know, just five man protection. So he's kind of on an Island there. So maybe just touch on that a little bit more. Yeah. He's got that little bit of twitch in the pocket and, and it's funny for me. I was never going to run a 40-yard dash under five seconds. I was living in like the 5-2. But you put me – again, in a, and not that this should be about me, but you put me in a footwork drill against a dual-threat guy, like you give me a, box, a, a four-foot square box, mm-hmm. like that's where I can operate and be efficient. Kyle Trask reminds me of that. He's a guy that has efficient, quick feet in the pocket. Um, and when I did my breakdown of Kyle Trask, I did Mac Jones right before that. And there's a big difference to me in terms of that twitch in the pocket with a Mac Jones versus a Kyle Trask. And there might be people watching this as, oh, Mac Jones, he was kind of complimented for having solid feet in, in the pocket and whatnot. And that's kind of my point. I think Kyle Trask has that twitch ability. And he did some goal line runs in college, which <laughs> he's not going to get away with in, in the pros. But I think that does show you that the whole idea of running the ball, being mobile with the ball, he's not going to be a, a a 4-4 guy by any means but he can do some big bend a little bit to him which is low-key why i thought he might end up with the steelers uh late first round that was my dark horse pick uh before the draft happened but that's kind of the the blueprint that i'm that i'm kind of thinking of and you mentioned the empty formations uh in empty formations you can get some unique blitz packages and having to avoid defensive ends and edge rushers and i feel like trash does a good job of that and he's so damn big that uh, just being able to hang in the pocket and kind of roll with some of those hits, that's not footwork per se. But if you're able to move six inches and get the ball out, uh, I count it as being uh, elusive enough to be uh, certainly effective for sure. Yeah, I saw a lot of that. It's, he would feel the pressure instead of looking down at the pressure. And he just, yep. his receiver or tight end, Kyle Pitts, we all know how 
how much of a love affair you have with Kyle Pitts. <laughs> uh, he would literally just a little bit more to the side to get that ball out. I mean, that's feeding his receivers that way. And then, and then just to me, going back to responsibility, I mean, a lot of the times our biggest thing we saw with him is just throwing to space, throwing to people, throwing people open pretty much, knowing wherever a receiver is, it, whether it's a mesh route, whether it's a go, come back, a hitch, whatever, whatever it is, he's actually reading it before the pressure gets there, like right as the pressure is getting there. And I like, I like that to be the biggest thing. He had he, go, he would go through like three reads so fast while getting hit and get rid of the ball. I mean, there was one in Texas A&M I saw where literally he went through three reads immediately, gets slammed to the ground, but somehow gets the ball out perfectly to the sideline. His receiver just doesn't get his hands or his feet down. That doesn't go down the stat sheet, but you see that and you're like, holy hell, that's awesome. He went through all three of those reads and still got the ball to where his, his receiver has a shot at it. And to me, that's not – the receivers making up for him. That's him actually getting the ball to the receivers. A lot of people think it was the other way around. Totally. Two things come to mind when I when I hear you say that. One is coming back to the empty formation thing. When you're in empty and all five receivers are out there, like you have to get through your progression quick. And so if that's that's if that's in his DNA, that's a great sign in terms of him progressing to the next level and getting through his progressions really quickly. So I love that. And then two, throwback to young Kyle Trask at Florida and Felipe Franks was the dude and Felipe mm-hmm. Franks has the strongest arm I've ever seen in person. No hedge about mm-hmm. it. And when you have that skill set, it's going to be hard. Like how do you beat a guy that has that, all the, all that arm strength, you beat him with quickness. You beat him with getting the ball out of your hand. You beat him with being perfect and getting through your reads because a coach is always going to watch a Felipe, th- Felipe Franks throw and be like, oh, man, we got to find a way to get him on the field. Well, not so fast if you got Kyle Trask, who's operating uh, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a certain efficiency that uh, ultimately allowed him to beat him out. Yeah, and you talk about, like, you know, efficiency and being quick. I mean, there's potential for Trask to even get faster. I mean, obviously because of, like you said, with the hitch and his, you know, drop and, you know, hitching up in the pocket, there's some wasted movement there with his some of his mechanics. I, I think you would agree with that. Like, he can definitely tighten that up where he can be even quicker. He's already got the quick release, you know, from a throwing standpoint, but it's like his footwork could be even better, which that would help him get through those reads and get the ball out faster and maybe even help him with the arm strength ability where he can really take those legs and drive the football. Like you're talking about, because at at times you can see where it's mainly just all arm and you want to see maybe his lower body get more into the throw. Especially with how big he is too. No, I think that's a good point. I I will say, and this might be a little negative, but I think the quarterback in me believes that when you get to the NFL, in terms of changing mechanics or footwork, you kind of are who you are at that point. And right. so you certainly can fine-tune and being next to, to the GOAT certainly doesn't, uh, doesn't hurt. Um, but that's kind of the stance I'm in. I'm always hesitant when people are banking on a coach to really – take a quarterback to the next level at the NFL stage in terms of mechanics. It's hard enough to do it in college, let alone the NFL. That's kind of my two cents in terms of growth uh, in that domain. Yeah, Even QB whisperer, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. True. Yeah, he's got a whole bunch of yeah talking voices in his ear right now with left, Wish, Tom Moore, Clyde Christensen. Yeah. I think BA said himself, he's like, they just need to, shut up and let him throw the ball first, like during the little rookie mini camp. Cause yeah, there's a whole bunch of guys pulling at him, tugging at him. And this is like a new toy to them. I mean, 
yeah, Tom Brady is the best of the best and he's doing his thing, but they're like, we don't have to touch him. He already knows what he's doing. Yeah. Trask is like a new shiny new thing. They can kind of mold how they want it to. But yeah, it's, it's good. Good. And if you're Byron Leftwich, you got to see a lot of yourself in Kyle Trask and Leftwich had a stronger arm, but that, that's got to be a piece to it. Uh, they got love for, I mean, that's how, that's why like pre-draft I had, I was loving up Mac Jones a little bit. Cause I'm like, I got to have uh, love for the, the pocket passer guys. I'm sure there's an element of that for uh, Byron Leftwich, but talk about fit and whatnot. Yeah. Yes. You can point to how that can maybe bring about some pressure and whatnot, but all three of those guys, Aarons, Leftwich, Brady, like, that is the blueprint to find success if you are Kyle Trask. And one thing he had at Florida was the Kyle Pitts, and that can be tough sometimes at a court, as a quarterback. Yes, I know Kyle Pitts is, is great to have, but when all your reads start with one guy and you're like, hey, I got to get this guy touches, and I always got to look at him, and I always got to make sure he's got the rock, sometimes that can be a little tough because you might be forcing the ball a little bit. I didn't get that sense with Trask, but now – Going to Tampa, where he's able to just learn, sit back. You guys got playmakers. Could be uh, a way for him to truly tap into that point guard mentality that we've alluded to before. Um, that is one of his strong suits, in my opinion. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, we actually have a, a question here in the chat I want to get to. Um, he asks, uh, Trey Lance or Mac Jones, who do you think starts the game first? I don't know their schedules off the top of my, off the top of my mind. Excuse me, or their bye weeks, but that would be kind of where my where my answer goes. But I would go, I would go Mac Jones, and the reason is a Cam Newton reason. Uh, I think health. I mean, if you're betting in some direction, because uh, I don't think either of those teams want their quarterbacks to play right away. Jimmy G is not that far removed from a Super Bowl. But I guess check that. As I say out loud, Jimmy G's health uh, sketch too. But uh, I'll I'll stick in my lane. I'll go Cam Newton. Uh, I just think at that stage, the chances, the the thing that I feel most confident in, and this is bad to say, but is that Newton gets nicked up for a game and Mac Jones is forced to uh, to get in there and, and make something happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is totally off topic, but I don't know if you guys saw, I guess the meme. Of like, oh, this is my starting quarterback, and it's Cam Newton, like shredded, shirt off, like glistening, and then they show Mac Mac Jones sitting there, like looks like a thirteen year old boy with his like baby fat hanging all out. It's like <laughs> it's crazy. Like this is both of them starting quarterbacks. One's Jack Diesel, the other one's a typical dude, and then they they make him look uh, like to Tom Brady when he entered, entered the league. It's almost exact same. Like goofy my man co- needs to take the Tom Brady diet and. <laughs> Get get out of the Tuscaloosa frat scene, uh, right? and 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 uh, I don't know. He'll, he'll he'll be fine, but yeah, that, I know exactly the picture you're talking about. Yeah. Two stark contrasts. <laughs> this is funny, funny, funny look. If y'all haven't seen that, check that out. But uh, I wanted to touch on this. Getting back to kind of Trask and the mobility thing. Everyone knows mobility is not it. He's not Tebow even. So don't even think he's that. My question is this. I mean, I know you're a pocket type of guy. You love the pocket type of quarterback. But do you think the uh, the pocket quarterback is dying? I know a lot of people think if you can't run, you can't do it, you're not going to make it in the league. I don't know where this narrative is going. My, me personally, I don't think it's true. Either way, you've got to make decisions first. Running comes secondary. It's more of a attribute you kind of consider when you look at the whole quarterback position. But, I mean, what are, what are your views on that? Yeah, it's twofold. I think – 
it's yes and no. It's yes in the sense that I think growing up, dual threat quarterbacks are more likely to get chances in like high school and college to to find success and be the dude. And even if you're shorter, if you're the most athletic guy, all right, now we're in a football world where those guys are going to get chances and just the pool of quarterbacks now has more dual threat quarterbacks. So I think, yes, it's dying in that sense. But I think no, in the sense that at the end of the day, if you want to be an elite NFL quarterback, you have to throw the ball at an elite level. Like, no, or I guess check that. At a very good level, no exceptions. Even like a Lamar Jackson, I would say he when he's on, it's at a very good level. And so it's one of those things you can be maybe – above average all the way through depending on how good your legs are but at the elite nfl level you have to be able to throw the ball and i don't i don't see that changing and the why behind that is when you get to the nfl the defensive ends the linebackers the defensive tackles safeties are so athletic that i don't even care if you are a four or five quarterback you're maybe not going to be most likely not going to be more athletic than the defenders across from you and therefore you what do you have to fall back on? You have to fall back on your arm. And I don't see that changing. Maybe guys here and there, there's a Cam Newton for five, seven years. There's a Lamar Jackson for five, seven, ten years. Other guys in between, but it's not widespread. And I don't see that uh, I don't see that changing in the near future. The scary thing, it's almost like a ticking time bomb, too. If you keep running like that, you just say, I think you were about to say Kyler Murray, too. I mean, that yep, little yep. thing's out there in the open field, one big hit. I mean, look at like RG three, how that how that happened? I mean, he was on top of the world that rookie season, then all of a sudden gone. And like it was, did he ever get a second opportunity? You don't, he won't. I mean, likely won't. But I mean, it's that's how quickly it can go Even from the top of the world down to nowhere. Exactly, exactly, and that's where I think to save yourself, you have to be able to throw the ball in some elevated capacity and the, I, the reason I'm hesitating is Lamar Jackson's kind of the one exception right where he can still impact a game even if he's not lights out from the pocket but I still think for him to get to that next level it's when he's he's on with his arm and the other examples like a Russell Wilson Russell Wilson has become an expert at getting extra yards and sliding not taking hits and being as mobile in the pocket as he can be without taking that shot and then we all know how lethal he is with his arm and that's why he's going to be in the league for two decades. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree with that. And you've seen like the exceptions with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, those guys, they, they can get outside the pocket, make plays with their arm, but they can also win with, you know, inside the pocket. And, you know, so they're kind of like the exception. They can do it all. Um, I mean, I, I guess that's what teams are trying to copy and try to look for, but it's, it's so hard to find guys like that. You're not going to find, you know, talents like that that can win inside the pocket and then make things happen outside of it, still be a great quarterback from a high level accuracy standpoint. Uh, bottom line, it, it comes down to, you know, Raymond said it best, you know, decision-making and accuracy. That's usually what quarterback play. That's, that's what you need, especially from a good quarterback. You want those two traits um, because taking care of the football, making the right choice, making the, the good accurate pass that usually wins you games. I mean, the Bucks seen it. We have Tom Brady. He, he he does it week in, week out by doing those things. He doesn't move around. He's not going to run for a first down. That's not his game. Uh, so, yeah, I, and, and that's why I really like Kyle Trask because I think he kind of simulates 
those same traits um, from from his game film. You see it. You see the accuracy. You see the decision making. You see the anticip- uh, anticipation throws where he's throwing a space downfield throws. I think he's really accurate in that standpoint. Um, even if he doesn't have the greatest arm strength, he still makes accurate you know, throws down the field. And I think that's where the Bucks really liked him because we do like to attack downfield. Uh, but it's the accuracy that he shows that and shows the confidence to, to throw those, those throws often. I completely agree. And I think even if the downfield isn't the, an elite level of his game, like as you were saying all that, I'm thinking Mike Evans on a dig route. I'm thinking mm-hmm. AB on a back shoulder, like those type of routes. Kyle Trask is all day and and I'm fired up for him because as, as we like lay out all these factors, if you drew up the ideal scenario for him to be able to sit back and wait, whether it's one year, whether it's gosh, dare I say like four or five years, which would be ridiculous, <laughs> but that's a, that's a big time scenario for Kyle Trask. To be honest, I hope it is like, What's just, your guys's what's what's the over under in Tampa land? Like what what are we what what are we saying over there? I mean, we got at least two more years with Tom. We got this year and next year for sure, I believe. And then once so we the get over under is two and a half. God, yeah. The man's yeah. so old. That's so <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I it, but like as it like the thing is everyone keeps saying the cliff, the cliff. He's gonna hit the cliff. Mm. I last year I didn't see it at all. I mean, yeah. let's see if this year a, there's a difference. I mean, yeah, I like we've only covered Tom Brady fully for 16 games in a row this year. Let's see if like when we look at the tape next year after 17 more games, another additional game, him having to risk his body out there again. Yeah, he is that's the key point to me, the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he if something happens where it would have taken him three weeks to recover and ends up taking him three months, that's where and I don't even want to go down that road. So I'll stop there. But that's the uh, <laughs> that's 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 where my head goes. Yeah, and, and he is coming off knee surgery this offseason. So, and, and apparently it was a, a serious surgery. So there is, for me, there is some concern there. But it looks like he's going to be fine. He's going to be healthy. Um, all, all you know, notes point to him being back uh, 100%. But uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the guy's human, to be honest. I, I think he, you know, he's got all these uh, metrics that he uses, you know, with the medicine and the, what is it called, Mark, that he uses with the, um, TB12 and the type of workouts that he does, the ply, ply therapy, liability. Yes, that liability. there you go. Yeah, yeah, with so, the stretching. And so, I, I mean, mean, yes, he, yeah, he paid, puts the money into his body. Let's put it that way. But I think it's more how the hell is he vegan this damn long? <laughs> that is insane. I tried it for like three to six months. I thought I was going to die because I got so damn skinny. Like, this dude is attention to detail. It's tough. But I mean, I'm, I'm not, not here in LA. It's like vegan, vegan city over here. I'm, I'm not in that camp, but it's, it's hard to do. Yeah. I can't, man, I guess any room Tom Brady walks in the, the room around him changes. Uh, I, I couldn't go to like a social gathering and not get, uh, not get me, but that's a whole different conversation. Yes. It'd be, uh, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be super tough for sure. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, I want to get this, uh, follow-up question from Bud Cannibalist. He, he asked, uh, you know, you, you said Mac Jones first, so he's, he's talking about the week four matchup with the Patriots and the Bucks. So who, who's it going to be in that game? Jones or, or Newton? I think it's Newton. I think, okay. uh, yeah. Talk about off season training. Newton stays locked in to me. It gets to like 
seven, eight, nine, the the wear and tear of the season start you start to feel it. That's where that injury bug comes into into mind for me. But at that stage, I think it'll be Newton, which for the Bucks defense, that's an entire different game plan you have to walk into the park with. And that's fascinating. If this was a Patriots podcast, mm. how do you handle that uh long term? If you are their coaching staff, when you have Mac Jones who and Cam Newton, like that, those packages are just different. And I don't know exactly how they call plays, but I'm sure they have a Cam Newton section in every single week that, hey, if it's third and short, this entire tier of plays is uh, is up for grabs versus Mac Jones. It just doesn't happen. But that's a, that's an interesting factor there that the Bucks will not have to uh, worry about because Kyle Trask and Tom Brady are cut from a similar. Mm-hmm. Mobility cloth. I want to be careful with my words in terms of trying to compare Kyle Trask to Tom Brady at this stage. But from a sim- similar game plan mentality, those guys are are going to be similar. Mm-hmm. Well, with that said, the Patriots game was it week four? Who wins that game? Bucks or Patriots? Who wins? Let's see here. I'm so <laughs> fascinated to see how the Patriots look. Uh, free 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 agency deal but it's it's bucks i mean you talk about what's the one game that tom brady has circled on his on his schedule i'm pretty sure it's against the old uh, his old foes i don't i don't see i don't see tb12 losing that one mm. well, yeah like, bring this deal like so i mean this is a team that's known him for what 19 years and then he moved on the 20th year do you think they're going to know something like know some little thing like tip i mean Belichick is a defensive coordinator at heart, right? He's a defensive coach. You think he's like, oh, I know. I know this guy like the back of my hand. That's why I let him go. You think he's going to have that mentality of it? Like, oh, I got this. Like, don't worry. I think – so Bill Belichick's known for beating his own tendencies, and that's why he's a great coach in that he will do one thing the entire season, and then he'll play a team – and then just switch his entire he'll, – he'll run a 3-4, and the next week he'll run a 4-3. And, like, he's known for doing that, which, to his credit, could confuse even a Tom Brady because you just don't know what you're going to get necessarily a week-to-week basis. So I do think there's some truth to that thread. But at the end of the day, Tom Brady's been in the league for so long. There's so much film on him. These coaches get paid so much money to watch film in May when there's no football. They all would be trying to figure out Tom Brady and every tendency, and it still hasn't happened. And it's because Tom Brady's uh, the best and he can adapt to what you're doing. And it's not like he is a younger guy where there's not as much film or he's mobile and has like certain things he does really well and other things he doesn't. Or I guess check that. He, Tom does to an extent in terms of the mobility stuff, but he's going to do what he's done forever. He's going to adjust to to what the defense is going to give him and he's going to get the ball out of his hands, which is why he's been so great finding the one-on-one matchup, and that's, that doesn't change whether you run man, cover two, prevent, whatever. That core part of what, made, of what, of what has made Tom Brady so good, that doesn't change uh, one bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and, and to the point of you know, Bill Belichick knowing Tom Brady, I think you can say the same thing about Tom Brady knowing the Patriots. So, and, he's, and he's going up against the AFC East this year, which is a division he knows. I mean, that is... Uh, I, I got to say that's an advantage for the Buccaneers going into this season. So confident and happy about that. I think that's good for Bucks fans. <laughs> so, uh, but with that said, I mean, 
you're, you're talking about Tom, you know, identifying and, and getting the ball to the one-on-one matchups. You could say the same thing about Kyle Trask. And it's funny that Kyle talked about the offenses being very similar as far as the Gators and the Buccaneers and what they do. I find that very intriguing. And, and you see it on tape where Kyle went a lot of times to just the one-on-one matchup, let his guy win, you know, a 50, 50 ball or, you know, make a play. And that's what we do here, you know, in Tampa with Tom Brady. Tom did a lot of those things where he would identify one-on-ones. You see Scotty Miller one-on-one. He's going to take that matchup every time, you know, uh, same thing with Mike Evans or Godwin, et cetera. And really that's what the NFL is nowadays. It's finding that one-on-one matchup and, and making sure you, you take advantage. And I saw Kyle do that a lot and you could see how his progression from that first year in 2019 to the jump in 2020, because he understand the offense a lot better. I mean, you could just see he was on top of everything. Totally. And that finding the one-on-one matchup, when I heard you say that it made me think that with like, with Kyle Trask, one of the reasons that I was so impressed was he didn't have these like five to 10 to 12 throws a game in college that were just super easy throws that just st- padded the stats, little bubbles, little hitches that a lot of these quarterbacks have. When I say that out loud, like a, a Zach Wilson, which is just like an RPO, you, you spit it out there, every quarterback could do it, and it's like a 10 yard gain, that kind of thing. With Kyle Trask, getting back to the responsibility thing, he was forced to complete one-on-one matchups down the field, finding the finding that matchup, finding the going through his progression, those type of things, which sounds so basic, mm-hmm. but that's what you're going to have to do at the NFL level every single play. I don't think every college quarterback is forced to do that consistently. That gets back to that whole responsibility point because if you are Zach Wilson, just front of mind for me, he might be able to do all right a full progression read on one play, and then they'll come right back and they'll just out leverage a team and fake a run and throw a bubble. And that's not really that innovative. You don't really do that in the NFL. You don't really get those easy throws as much. Yet, a guy like Zach Wilson got it a, a good amount in college. Kyle Trask never really had that luxury. And so, in terms of transition to the NFL, I think that's a great sign for, for Trask and Buck fans. What's funny is, like you said it, like with Brady being here, he gets to learn. He's in a great situation, but no one knows when the hell he's going to be here. We, we may be talking yeah. about him. We talk about him now. The thing is, it could be two, three years down the road, and everyone's like, oh, they still, I think they still got Kyle Trask back there. And that's the thing. Like, he's in the perfect situation to learn. And if there's any chance you're going to be a successful quarterback after learning from all those coaches, the best quarterback that's ever done it, a QB whisperer, like we just mentioned, that's a, a recipe to succeed, succeed, right? I mean, if there is yeah. a better situation, tell me where it is. I don't, I don't know, but that's Kyle the, Trask. No, yeah. The only counter to that, and I don't know how Kyle Trask is made up mentally, but mm. I mean, we're talking the best quarterback ever. Yeah. So does that wear on a guy? Now I'm being devil's advocate here, but does that wear on a guy where it becomes too big? And if it gets down mm. to that point, and I don't think that's necessarily the case just based off what I know from Kyle Trask and how he was a backup most of high school and kind of knew his role and uh, kind of sat in the, in the, in the backseat a little bit at Florida before he got his shot and then kind of ran with it. So he reminds me of a guy who's really staying in his lane. He doesn't really worry about the other quarterbacks around him, which I think is a plus. But imagine being a quarterback. You're a rookie. You walk in there. It's a quarterback room with you and Tom Brady. You go to work every day and you're hanging out with Tom Brady. Like, that's crazy. And – 
I mean, Kyle Trask is even, I'm 26. That's crazy for me. And I'm, and I'm like a, a younger guy, I guess you could say Kyle Trask, even four years younger. Like that's, I can't imagine if you're Kyle Trask walking into that. How cool is that? But also could be uh, potentially daunting as well. Right. You know, no, I agree with, I agree with that. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be a test, but I think Kyle Trask is, is up for it, you know, just because like you said, his background, his ability to, you know, uh, just keep on going. Like his mentality is like, he's going to do what he has to do, uh, control what he can control. I mean, this guy wasn't recruited at high school and he goes to this Florida camp and he starts throwing and he gets a scholarship based off of that. I mean, and then, you know, he takes that and, you know, backs up Felipe Franks and then, you know, gets this opportunity after suffering injuries, you know, he didn't even have a chance to really compete, you know, those first couple of years. And then, then he gets his chance and he takes advantage of it, man, and just continues to get better. So I think he's in a great spot. And now I want to transition before we get to our, our advertisement here, I want to transition to the Mac Jones versus Kyle Trask and like the talk of Mac Jones was picked at 15 bucks took Kyle Trask at 64. I don't see much difference between the two. So I don't, I don't understand, I guess from, the criticism standpoint of Bucks fans talking about Kyle Trask at 64 versus a Mac Jones at 15. So it's like, would you be upset if Mac Jones went at 64? Like they're kind of like the same players, what I'm trying to say. And I just don't understand the, uh, the criticism. Yeah. I don't disagree necessarily with that take. I think I am definitely the sense that Jones is, I, I like Jones better than Trask, but I was surprised that Mac Jones got the hype that he did. And it was one of those things that when it, you kept hearing his name at like three, I'm like, all right, what am I missing? What am I missing? I keep going back to the film. And then you start kind of gravitating towards what everyone else is kind of saying a little bit. You look at some of the throws, you're like, man, that is impressive. Man, that is sharp. And I, I certainly saw that. I, I think Mac Jones is a guy that Yes, he had all the talent around him, but was incredibly crisp, incredibly sharp. So I, I still think I'm going to go Mac Jones is better than than Trask, but it's it, it, it's close for sure. Um, but I'm with you. Is that a, is there a forty some odd pick gap between those guys? I think the answer is no, which is why I thought uh, Kyle Trask might be a dark horse late first round pick in the late twenties, and that's kind of how I view it. I view Trask as probably late twenties, early thirties. And then a Mac Jones out of 15 where he went. So it's a gap, but uh, not a huge gap. That's kind of that's kind of my take on it. Uh, let me get a little quick uh, advertisement in here. Let's jump in here. So Symbol, I think you all have heard of it. Symbol is the stock market for sports. Check it out, guys. I'm involved in this. It's really cool. What exactly is it? I told you it's the stock market of sports. How's it work? Sports betting is fun. Investing in the stock market is great. Symbol has created a way for you to enjoy both of these at the same time. Only with Symbol, you can trade teams like stocks and earn cash when your team wins. You, they said it right. Literally, you get the Buccaneers, find your favorite team, or whatever favorite team you got, whether it is the Patriots or whoever it is, you get them. Once you got them, earn win payouts every time the Bucks or Patriots win. You get 50 cents per share that you own. Then you can trade them up and down, buy low, sell high. It's fun. It's making literally your emotionally attachment to your sports team a even more of a fun, enjoyable thing. So it's traded 24-7, 365 a year. I mean, it's cool, cool concept. If you want to know more, click that play button. Check it out on YouTube. With that said, let's keep going on to the chat. Max Brown. So actually, I had a really big question. There's another one where a lot of people say with Kyle Trask. 
They say, literally, this is a lot of takes. He is a career backup solely based on arm strength. What is you? Do you think that's a hot take? Do you think it's a good, accurate assessment? What do you think? It's just one of those things where, like, it's never fun to be like, oh, yeah, he's a career backup. But, like, when you look at the numbers, like, the numbers say only 45% of first-round NFL draft picks get to their second contract. So, with that being said, that means, like, two of those first four guys we're talking about, like, two of them aren't going to work out. So, the the numbers are, are harsh, and it's never fun to say that before a quarterback's even taken his first snap. But being a career backup, like, I think – if, if I'm a betting man, I would say yes. That is what I see Kyle Trash just based off the simple data of, of, of where he went. But I think being a little bit more optimistic, when I think about this, how I feel about Kyle Trask and who does he remind me of kind of previously is or not in terms of skill set, but in terms of like situation and oh, who, who, could he work out, could he not, is, is Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins back in the day, third, fourth round pick, Yes, he went behind RG3, but you're like, hey, if this guy gets in the right scenario and he finds the momentum and he can translate a lot of the good things he did in college in the NFL, there's a very plausible scenario where he's a starter for a decade. You're not saying that about every second, third, fourth round pick. You're not, you're not saying that. And I, I, I do think you can say that for Kyle Trask of if he gets in the right lane, which all those factors we keep talking about, the Byron Leftwich, the Tom Brady, the being able to sit and wait your turn, to being able to be in a great offense and, and with some playmakers around you, all those favorable factors, good defense. That's where I'm like, all right, I think Kyle Trask can certainly be an NFL starter, but the that's where my heart's at. And I think he'd be a starter for five, 10 years, but my head's saying, all right, the data says, eh, he's, he's probably a backup. So that's kind of a two-sided answer, but that's, that's where I net out with it. Plus you think he's career backup? Uh, I mean, I, I understand where Max is coming from and I agree with the, the data, you know, obviously it does point to that, you know, a lot of these picks don't work out, you know, if they did, then it would be a science and we could, you know, study it, but it, it's not a science, uh, you know, because there's so many things that go into these rookies succeeding that, you know, it's some of it's uncontrollable, you know, and some of it is, some of it's not, I mean, it depends on the player really. I mean, it depends on the player and how, how they take it upon themselves to, you know, fit into what, you know, coaches are asking him and et cetera. And so a lot of luck is involved too. Uh, you gotta be lucky. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, career backup, I mean, I don't know. I, I think he could be a very high quality backup if, if that's what he's going to be, uh, you know, but I, I still think he's got a very good chance to be a, a good starter in this league, just because of what I've seen on tape. I mean, my thing is this, so yeah, there are so many, it like not issues, but like there's so many scenarios or just things variables, that, oh, variables right? Yeah, giant Manziel, just mentality. Like, yeah, he blew up college, but literally his immature attitude ruined mm. him and never had a chance. Then, same thing with Ryan Leaf, immaturity just just didn't have the head for it. Yeah. Then, Jam- even Jameis Jam- Winston, Jameis, right? Yep, yeah, another just, that's talking hitting home right there. Mm. Then, then you're talking, do you even have the ability to do it? Now people are saying, oh, if you can't run, you can't do it. We're going to kick you out of the league. Like, just going all the way back to Kyle Trask. I mean, he didn't even start in high school because, what, Denard King? Because he could he could run and Trask couldn't. So it's perfect situation, all the variables that have to go right, injuries. So, I mean, a lot of that plays into those statistics that you talk about, plus how many quarterbacks are taken, I mean, in every draft. So it's kind of hard, and there's only 32 starting spots. The data is always going to be skewed one way. 
Or you can say almost every quarterback's going to be a backup. Zach Wilson, backup. Not going to make it. Five years, backup. Jameis Winston is a backup. He was a first overall pick. So if you look at the data, yeah, it's always going to say it's leaning towards that because Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, they don't grow on trees. It's it's crazy the scenarios they're in. The one thing I would add is, will he be a career backup? When I hear that, I think of a guy who is will ne- a guy who has never been given a true shot to be the starter for their team. And so the answer to that, I think, is will he be a career backup? Now that I had more time to think, I think the answer is no. I think some team, whether it's the Bucks or someone else, will give Kyle Trask a shot to drive the car for a season. So like Jalen Hurts, I don't think he's going to be a starter in the NFL for, for long. But is he a career backup? Well, he's been given the keys to the Eagles for the 2021 season. So that's not a career backup. You know, if, if you kind of know what I'm, what I'm saying. Right. Uh, and so that, that's, kind of the, that's kind of the way I look at it versus like Jameis Winston. He might be a backup for another seven years, but I'll, I wouldn't call him a career backup because he had a stint where he was the dude for the Bucks. Uh, that's, how not, that's how I net out with the, with the subject. I mean, you're right. I mean, you're not, yeah, we're really not wrong. I mean, but the same, same with Nick Foles. Nick Foles is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and now everyone's oh, he's a forever backup. Literally, people are saying forever backup. Mm-hmm. Like, the, uh, like, dude, I'm trying to think what what's a counter to that point. Who who is a career backup out there that's been there for? I guess your your guys is uh, Robert yeah, Griffin. Ryan Griffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. We were talking about him last time. That that is a career backup and a guy who has done it right. Oh yes. man. Two fingers right at the screen. Like <laughs> yeah, gosh. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's a smart, he smart man. I mean, he's got the best job in the world, uh, just chilling and, you know. He held up Tom Brady, didn't let him fall. Right. I have a question for you guys. When the Bucks pick came up in the second round, did you guys think – were you guys thinking Kyle Trask? Were you guys thinking no. something else? Where was your guys' head at uh, when that pick came around? Tell me your reaction first. I mean <laughs> – I was just surprised. I was surprised at it at first. I mean, I I thought a quarterback could potentially go on day two for us. Uh, I didn't see Kyle Trask at, at sixty four. I know a lot of, you know, a lot of reporters and there's been rumors they were talking about it, you know, beforehand. Um, I thought we were going to go like offensive line or, or maybe another position. Uh, but yeah, when Kyle Trask was the pick, I was, I was just more surprised. I wasn't like disappointed in the pick because I can understand their you know stance on it and it's it's smart to get a quarterback now when you have a team so loaded you know why not you know take a quarterback and build for the future so i get that aspect i was just a little bit surprised that they took him you know at that spot but again he's a i once i thought about it i was more excited as it continued to go on and then mark you know was obviously he was thrilled with it he's like it makes a lot of sense i was like yeah it does it does make a lot of sense anytime a quarterback's drafted it just it, the intrigue level rises. Who even knows how things will play out? But yeah, there's always it's always easy to get fired up when when you get a quarterback because there's just so many possibilities out there. Yeah. It was funny because he was on doing the live stream first, and I think I was changing a diaper or something. And then he tells me we drafted Kyle Trask. I go, oh hell no, I'm running back. I can't, <laughs> suppose he was talking like, oh I don't know how this is going to work because a lot of the fan base is like, oh we need guys for now. We need yeah. we need to win now. I'm like. I get on there. I'm, I'm with a big smile. And he's, I guess they had just gotten off the from talking people down from the, I don't know, off the ledge or whatever. And I'm like, guys, come on. This is actually a good thing. 
I mean, this is whatever better situation could it be to succeed later? I mean, we're, we're already got the now. We signed back everyone. Like the whole Super Bowl team is there. Yeah. Anyone we have, are they really going to push to start a second rounder? And if you look at who else was available, I'm like, who's going to push any of our receivers, any of our tight ends, anyone on our defense? It's still, everyone's so young. It's kind of hard to validate. And I, I'm like, okay, if, if that's mm-hmm. what BA, Leftwich, and them are saying, this is my guy. Brady does call it quits at, after a year, two, three years, or who the hell knows. That's my guy. Okay, I'm I'm okay with it, especially if it's going to give him that, I guess, easy transition. Easy. <laughs> yeah. I would love to be a fly on the wall for – how does that play out? Do they call – I'm sure they have to call Tom beforehand and just mm-hmm. be like, hey, this is what we're doing. But if you're Tom, are you like, I get it. Yeah, I get it. But gosh, give me another offensive lineman, man, just in case. Give me another pass rusher, just in case. Give me, you know. Um, and I know the Bucks have been been active, and like you guys said, you, you guys are loaded. But there's got to be, even at this stage, there's got to be some part of Tom. It's like, ah, we can't, we can't wait till, can't wait till later a little bit. But yeah. I don't know. We'd love to just see how those those calls play out a little bit right well i mean apparently they they talked with him beforehand you know jason light came out and said that you know they had discussions with him and he said he was on board with it he's like whatever makes the team better i'm good with so you know well there you go okay yeah 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 what I mean, then? all right so then fly on the who, wall with tom's by himself and it's like gosh yeah i'm sure he's dang doing it, dang that. it giselle <laughs> giselle we couldn't have got we couldn't have got uh another piece you know something like that right uh, <laughs> No, I, I'm sure that's what he's probably thinking, but I mean, he's so competitive. I mean, he's going to play probably till he's 50. So who knows? It'll be Kyle Trask for the preseason. That's where we get to see him, yep. you know, and, and that's why another thing I'm excited for to the preseason and watch these guys because our whole draft class, I mean, that's when they're going to play is the preseason. And that's pretty much it. I mean, outside of Joe Tryon, I mean, these guys, Joe gonna- Tryon, Seattle native. I'm from Seattle and, uh, he was like the dude growing up. Uh, no, nah, I shouldn't say it. Like he was the one guy that. <laughs> well, he's like five years younger than me, so he wasn't like growing up with him. But uh, yeah, he's he's got Seattle fans all fired up. He's been uh, talk of the town in Seattle since he was in like ninth grade. So yeah, Tampa fans, you got a good one. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm impressed with. Him. I think he's a just physical specimen, athlete. He can yeah. do he can do a lot of things. So. Got two good guys to learn from in Shaq Barrett and, and JPP, that's for sure. Another great situation. Yeah. yeah he looks the part, plays the part. If he would have played last year, I I don't think there's a chance he's sitting at 32, to be honest. I agree. You think so? You're thinking in there. I'm thinking, yeah. Well, it's just like there's – that was one of the most interesting factors entire, in, in terms of this entire draft is the guys that opted out mm-hmm. that fell. As a result, and I think there were so many guys uh, in Pitt country, Jalen Twyman sat out as a defensive tackle, like thinking he was going to be a first rounder and he wasn't even close. And it, it, made, it hurt my heart a little bit because I got a lot of money. I mean, I, mm. that guy would have played football. That guy would have played last year in college in, in hindsight. And so that part's like sad. I feel like it happened for a lot of guys. Um, yeah. And so that, that's just what had me thinking because, uh, and I guess it's a lesson learned that there's there's value in getting out there and having film rather than resting and making sure your name's uh continuing to stay relevant uh no matter how things shake out yeah i mean you look at you know greg russo dropped to 31 or 30 and yeah. you know you look at um trying to think of some others i mean i was surprised aziz ojilari i mean he dropped but i think that was more injury concern 
but yeah, Jalen Twyman, I mean, he's, he's an interesting name on this podcast. I actually, I predicted him to go fifth round or later. So I was right on that. I just, I watched his tape. I watched a lot of it. I just didn't see like where the hype was. I didn't see a first round pick. It would have been obviously smarter for him to come back. Like you said, in 2020 and play. Um, and really show where he improved. And maybe he has made those improvements, um, you know, throughout the off season now, but yeah, I just didn't see it on tape. And I think a lot um, of people got excited because of the Aaron Donald comparison, right? Yeah. A short defense alignment, same number, both local pit guys. Right. And I mean, I was teammates with Jalen Twyman. He's an awesome dude. I got nothing but love for him, but I, I see where you're coming from. And obviously it happened. So, so, mm. so you were right. But, uh, He's a guy. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Would not surprise me at all if uh, we blink and he's an impact player for the Vikings uh, here this season. Yeah, I, I could see him doing well, I, I, and I hope he does because he has, you know, he's got some traits that you like on tape. It's just the consistency and like, I just for him and his size, I just didn't see like that flash, that get off consistently, you know, from a st- uh, football, you know, defensive line standpoint. I just, you know, but he's got a lot. I of get room. that. Yeah, I, I yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of room to grow, but uh, I think I think he's in a good spot. So hopefully he does well. He's got a fire lit under him now. So it's yeah. beyond that. Yeah. That's all you really need. Chip on your shoulder and see it. Yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota got both uh, pit D linemen. Kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Both guys that were young freshmen when I was there. Patrick both, Jones. Yeah. Patrick Jones, both. Patrick Jones was for sure a three-star recruit. Twyman might even been like a two-star. Twyman was at a D.C., but. Goes to show, flash forward four years. Um, there they are. Good good for them. Both good guys. It's crazy, man. Time flies, seriously. <laughs> hey, we're yeah. just three Buccaneer fans hoping to get into the playoffs and somehow we won the damn Super Bowl mm. one year. And it feels like it went by in a blink. So it's crazy. Uh, other than that, Max, thank you very much for coming on board yet again, giving us all the information that – from a quarterback's perspective, literally played the game, done it all. And we love picking at you, figuring out what's going on. Loved your analysis. Again, guys, if you haven't seen it, go check out his YouTube film study, Max Brown. It's on Caltrask. Literally awesome. Legit. Loved it. And he pretty much broke it down here, but go go see it. He breaks it down even better over there. And it's not plus and I kind of <laughs> mashing it up at all. But um, I guess, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I appreciate it. Yeah, check out that that, that breakdown. It's cool because it's – I did that probably in late January or February. So you can tell – the tone of it is almost kind of hindsight was right. Uh, versus like when I did my Zach Wilson, when we were kind of ahead of it, uh, I, I talked about it as if um, before he was locked in at the number two pick. So cool. Go to now that you, now that you know where he landed – Cool to check out uh, the Kyle Trask film, but no, I love uh, linking up with you guys. And thanks again for having me on. Yeah, man. Uh, one last question, if we can get, uh, I mean, just the Rogers green Bay situation. I know that's been a hot topic. What do you, what do you feel about that? I mean, yeah, there's, there's so much going on here. You could do a whole like uh <laughs> drama Netflix show on this whole deal. That's what the NFL is, right? I mean, yeah. that's what it feels yeah. like. It's the guy. I, rom-coms. Yeah. I mean, I think the short answer is I believe all of it. And I think all of it kind of makes sense to, in some regard. I think from what you hear is Aaron Rodgers is kind of that type of guy, right? Or he like has a chip on his shoulder. It's not always necessarily rah, rah, go team, go. It's 
all right, I want to win and I want to be the dude when we win kind of, kind of type mentality, which I got no problem with. I mean, I, I think, uh, I, I relate to that, uh, certain into a certain degree, but that dang play call or lack thereof in the, in the, in the, in the, in the green Bay's last game, I feel like that one play made the sour taste from the 2020 draft, like 10 X. And if they had just damn gone for it, that we wouldn't be here. Like yeah. when Aaron Rodgers is hosting Jeopardy and the guy and uh, his, his answer is like, should have gone for it or whatever, whatever he said, like that one play, if we don't have that. There might not be as much drama. And I feel like that just kind of was the, the fuel to the fire to, to have it take off from there. But I still think at the end of the day, Aaron stays. I don't have a great why behind that. That's just kind of where my gut goes. And I think it's going to be tense and we'll see what happens with Green Bay. And I think next off season is where things could get, uh, could get interesting. Yeah. Comes to Tampa as a backup, right? And then he takes <laughs> yeah. over to Tom Brady. <laughs> it's a steep backup. No, Aaron Rodgers still has, I mean, yeah, the price tag on him, even at this stage in his career, mm. uh, Aaron's, Aaron's the most talented quarterback ever in my opinion and i think that price tag is is big time yeah i couldn't agree more that's it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah we're we're spoiled over here in tampa but other than that thanks again max you're awesome love all your stuff always check it out on youtube guys i showed it earlier check it out other than that max thank you for your time always special i I appreciate the love michael mark appreciate you guys and uh, yeah talk soon all right sounds good man take care See you guys. So that was the great Max Brown. That was awesome to have him on uh, talking some quarterbacks. Guys, if you're just joining us, we talked, you know, just the rookie quarterback class, um, you know, talked about some of the fits, talked about Trey Lance, Mac Jones. And then we obviously dived into Kyle Trask, who is the main topic of tonight's uh, live stream as we dived into what his game looks like and how he fits really well for, you know, this Buccaneers team and, and just really going over his strengths and weaknesses. And obviously we talked about the whole, you know, career backup, um, you know, situation or, you know, is he actually going to play for the Buccaneers? Is Tom Brady going to play till he's 50? It, it could happen. We don't know, but you know, looking at the pick, we talked about it. We made sense of it. It's a good move because you don't know what the future holds and it's, you know, you're not going to be in an opportunity to take a high quarterback, because we're going to be winning games. So it's like, you're not going to be in that position to take a marquee, you know, rookie quarterback prospect. And they feel like they got one in Kyle Trask at, at in the second round, to be honest. And I think that's really good value. And let's see what happens when you're not thrust into the, the fire, like Jameis was, or like some of these other high profile quarterbacks that never made it. Right. Cause now they get to sit, learn, learn from the best, learn from quarterbacks, coaches, co- quarterback whispers, kind of things we're mentioning. And you have the best of all. What if that was the stats? Where's the stats on that? Guys that have been groomed for the position mm-hmm. after a year or two years, then take it. Is it better? Or are those guys for backups? That's the question that I don't think there's enough information on because usually these guys are getting drafted first to top 10 and they're mm-hmm. thrust in immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, mean when you, right. No, I was going to say, like, when you look at, you know, day two, day three quarterbacks. Usually, you know, those guys do sit and they do have some time. You look at, you know, the Patriots with they've done it a couple of times. So even when Tom Brady was there, you know, drafting Jimmy G, 
you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he sat for a little bit. Then he got, you know, some opportunities here and there, and then obviously got traded to San Francisco, and he's done pretty well um, when he's healthy. You know, he's been an effective starter. Uh, you look at who they have now, Jared Stidham. Like, he's probably not going to play now because, you know, they got Matt Jones. So, you know, you look at those guys. You look at even Aaron Rodgers, you know, drafted in the first round. He sat behind Brett Favre, and obviously it worked out. You know, we hope that happens with Kyle Trask, you know, replacing another legend in Tom Brady. So, you know. Look yeah, at Rivers talking way back. Didn't he? Wasn't he buying Drew, Drew Brees for a year? Drew Brees, yeah, Drew Brees for a year. And then he started. Uh, Eli Manning was actually behind Kurt Warner for at least a little bit. And then he eventually took over. Big Ben, uh, too, I think. I think Big yeah. Ben did immediately. Yeah, Big Ben was behind. We're naming yeah. a lot more. They're succeeding once they've sat for a little bit, at least. Right. Rust in. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, you look at, um, you know, obviously there's exceptions to the rule. You look at Peyton Manning, you know, first of all pick went right in, did okay his rookie year, uh, then, you know, took off from there. He uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you look at Andrew Luck, you know, Andrew Luck, um, Robert Griffin, we talked about earlier. Uh, he had success early, uh, but then, you know, it can change. Like Josh Freeman, we thought were, was going to be good. Like he had a good second year. And then it just went downhill from there. Um, the so what? Yeah. Yeah. Change of okay. variables. And uh, so these guys could start right away and do well. I mean, we've seen it recently, you know, with Lamar Jackson, we've seen it with Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes sat the first year behind Alex Smith. So there's another example. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely better for these guys to sit and learn. Uh, it really just depends on who you got around these guys. I think that's what matters. He said the same thing with Kirk Cousins, another situation where he, yeah, he's not great, but he's good enough to get your team to the playoffs every year. Just yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some Viking fans may, may hate Kirk Cousins. <laughs> maybe it's his contract. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe what, maybe what it is, but he's still an NFL quarterback that's a starter. Mm-hmm. He's getting there. It's once you're in the show, they were one game away from the Super Bowl not too long ago. So, I don't know. Yeah. Herbert's going to be. Yeah. And, that's a great point. Yeah, Herbert. He 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 started off great. Where Tyler Taylor started what one game? I don't I don't yeah, no, that's right. He did start like a couple weeks and then he had that thing with the doctor like shooting him like in the heart or something, and then and then yep. yeah, Herbert <laughs> yeah, Herbert Herbert started like out of out of the blue. And then yeah, I mean Insane. the rest was history. Insane that dude. You look at Josh Allen, you know, Josh Allen was uh I think he started right away. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm shocked by that one. But well, other than that, guys, thank you for being very active in the chat. A lot of new names. Krillin, I see we saw you during the draft. Awesome mm-hmm. to see you here again. Big nut trash talk. That's trash talk. <laughs> Pretty much what we are the, the last couple of days. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out our film study on them, yeah, we told you Max Brown, so go check out ours. See if there's things that you kind of see or didn't know with Trask mm-hmm. at first. Because a lot of people do really do think he's never going to make it. He's going to be career backup. So yeah, let's see. And Raymond, always good seeing you. I agree with this. People hit that like button. Help us out. Support the channel. If you're here, you really like it. So give us a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Do all that good stuff for us. Uh, other than that, any other hot takes in the chat or anything? Plus, do you have anything else you want to address? Uh, no, I mean... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I just think it's fascinating. The quarterback position is is really one to watch. I'm excited for, you know, just the continuation of OTAs and preseason. Obviously, we got a little taste of rookie minicamp this past weekend. 
Um, there's already, you know, critics talking about Kyle Trask and his, his interceptions that were thrown. And <laughs> I'm like, guy hasn't learned his players. Yeah. I was like, the guy hasn't learned his offense yet. He hasn't learned the players. Um, you know, Jalen Darden looked really good, shifty, fast. I like that. So there's a lot of good things. Uh, Robert Hainsey going to center. I think that's a great, that's a great move for him. I think he's a perfect fit for a center. Uh, so there's a lot of good things. Um, you know, obviously Joe Tryon, unfortunately had the the surgery, but he's going to be okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm ready for the preseason. It's going to be fun to, to watch these guys and, and see how they progress. And I'm really, you know, the more I think about it and the more I watch Kyle Trask, I'm like, man, I'm all in with this guy. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be solid. Um, and I think he's got a really great opportunity in front of him. You're going to have to wait a few years for that real solid to come out though. Right. <laughs> like Raymond said, my hot take is this team now has the potential to be very good for a very long time. I so, agree. Yeah, quarterbacks, are, they're not just there for one or two years. Like a running back can get hurt, always ruined. Quarterbacks, it, all, I mean, Tom Brady's an outlier. It's not like he's going to be here another 10 years. We all hope, but, <laughs> I mean, you're pretty much setting yourself up. That's why I really like the pick. I agree with that. I mean, mm. the coaching staff itself, should technically be here for a very long time. Whether right. the is here or not, whether it's one more year BA and he's gone because of health issues, either Leftwich, Bowles, one of these guys are going to take over and stay and keep the ship going the way it's going. Right. We hope, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of things can change. You never know. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see. Well, on that, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you like the, the content. Max Brown, I mean, the, a guy that's actually played the position, done it at a high level in college, at the, one of the highest levels in college. So, I mean, I hope you appreciate what we're trying to bring. It's not just these people saying, oh, he's got no arm strength. He's not going to ever make it. <laughs> so, you got someone saying, I guess, val- validates the, the actually our, our takes too. Mm-hmm. Well, on that, plus, send us out. Yeah, uh, just second one. Mark said again. Appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, if you're if you're coming in late, be sure to uh, check out the replay and catch what we talked about earlier. Uh, but again, thank you all for the support. Um, you guys make this channel what it is, and we do this for you guys. So much appreciated. And with that said, until the next one, go Bucks.